season two of the Adult Children Voices Across America Speakers Meeting podcast. You can attend this meeting live on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Time using the Zoom ID 848-5208-0640, password 061120. For more information about adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families, visit adultchildren.org. The following speaker share from Adam L. was recorded on September 14th, 2023. Um, I'm going to really try to stick to the format today, um, which has been a little bit difficult because I'm, so my name's Adam, I'm I'm an adult child of an alcoholic household and um, and, uh, some significant dysfunction. So um uh, I uh I've been in ACA my 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 ACA date is is Jan or sorry September of 2020. So in this month I am celebrating three years in ACA officially. It wasn't my first meeting. Um, it was actually several uh several months before that, but I count that because that is the time that I fully had two feet in. ACA and I, I I fully decided that I that I was really going to try this thing um uh so I, I had I've had a really good day today um it was a really fun day um and I only say that because yesterday I had a really hard day I had a really hard day at work one of my addictions that we you know that that are described in the big red book for me was 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 work I did um I, I pretty much identified uh, pretty much my entire identity around what I did, how I produced, how I was seen at my in my work, who you know how 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 I would uh, how I would build a career to 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 show the world that I was that I had some value, and um and so uh, that's all outside stuff, <laughs> and uh, inevitably. Um, counting on the outside to, to to satisfy me and to fulfill me um failed um and so i've had a a really uh a, a, a tense relationship with my work since coming to aca um i've put a lot of time and energy and effort into my work and so um i have it i i've decided not to throw the baby out with the bathwater um but uh, but I'm definitely negotiating the way forward because I'm getting healthier here. And yesterday was a rough day. It was a day where I felt that um I felt guilty for um standing up for myself. Um, people weren't following rules, and for me, um, growing up in an in, in an alcoholic household, what that meant for me was um um when there were so rarely were there actual rules growing up for me um that were clearly. Uh, it, uh, described or, or articulated, um, and that drove me nuts. It drove me absolutely crazy. I didn't realize that um, until coming to ACA, but it drove me absolutely nuts. And so I've chose a career. I've chosen a career in the sciences, <laughs> where there are lots of rules, <laughs> and um, and uh, I, I get, I've done a lot of uh, education in in this area. And so. Uh, and uh, and I, I actually, yeah, I'm a healthcare provider, so I deal with uh, life and death situations. And I was in one yesterday, and the word rules weren't being followed. And I, m- m- the 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 part of me that is fearful um, inside, uh, it was it was just fit to be tied. Um, that said, I didn't completely go off the rails like I could. 
like I have the potential to do. Um, but it was a rough day. And so when I came home and last night, I was thinking, wow, <laughs> I was just, I mean, that's maybe the first deep breath that I know. I took a deep breath last night, but I just took it again because I was like, wow, it was a rough day. And um, and I, I might get emotional because um, because I am so uh, excited that I know how to deal with days like that now. Um, so it was a rough day. I did some practices that I do around self-parenting and some stuff that professionals, uh, some uh, uh, stuff that I do. Uh, the, I don't want to promote anything. That's why I'm careful not to be promotional. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of professional work uh, available to us in the trauma field, in the field of trauma. Um, and I have I have taken it up in 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 a in great excitement as of late. And so uh, um, at three four o'clock in the morning, when my mind started going and I and I started to have those those panic attacks and stuff. Um, I did I did some of that work and I woke up this morning after going back to sleep. Um, I woke up this morning excited. I was gleeful. I actually had um, I was <laughs> um, you, you can't make this stuff up, right? Um, so uh, you definitely can't make up emotions. So um, I, uh, I, I, I was excited for the day. Um, and so I planned I semi planned a day that would be fun. And um and so I arrived to you tonight. I'm a bit tired because I did have a fun day, but uh but I um but but uh, but I'm ready. So um I grew up in my 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 um my uh my birthday is January or sorry December uh fourth of 1968. I'm 54 years old. I was born in um I was actually born in Phoenix, Arizona, and I m m uh, my parents were just passing through. I was in North, I, I, I grew up in California, um, spent most of my life in California and moved to uh, British Columbia in Vancouver um, in, uh, in uh, 2009. Um, uh, I realize now that I was steadily moving north, um, trying to get away from me <laughs> and my life. Um, it just, it was going to be better if I just got further away. Um, and that's only part of the story, but it's definitely a, a significant part of the story. So my father was an alcoholic. My mother was a complete uh, 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 code, codependent. Um, they married at 16, 17 years old. Um, my um, mother, who was committed to uh, getting an education, um, was uh, became his victim. Um, and it was a victim situation. She, he, he, he uh, was very abusive toward her physically, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, everything. Um, uh, I am one of six kids. I'm the fifth of six. Um, uh, so I had a lot of older siblings. Um, we kind of had a split family, even though we were all from the same biological parents. Um, there were older kids and there were me and my younger brother. Um, uh, the older kids were all also physically psychologically physically abused they were they were beat to a pulp um my younger brother and i i really do believe that the reason that we weren't um not the way they were was because um they were just tired they were exhausted they didn't know they they didn't have anything left in them um uh, my uh a lot of my resentment um, was toward my mother. Um, I, I don't think this is fair by any stretch, but it's a childhood resentment and childhood thoughts and resentments and emotions aren't necessarily fair. They're just what what is. 
and uh and a lot of my resentment was toward her because uh to me she was the same one in the house she was a sober one in the house she was the one that could have gotten up and left and didn't and chose not to um I realize now that she was she was terrified she was terrified of him she was terrified of the world that uh that 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 she had committed to the life that she had committed to she started having kids you know my older siblings from a very young age um and uh he was a farmer um she was his bookkeeper um he didn't allow her to do anything um the whole time they were married they were married for 25 years um they ultimately divorced at 25 years um and uh you know my earliest memory is um I came here by the way through through professional work I didn't know about really ACA before I came through a trauma specialist and um and so in that I discovered that there was uh, something that happened somewhere around age three for me um I don't have full access to that yet um but it's uh but it was something that was very dark um at age uh six and I don't have a lot of memories for this period they're coming though they are coming as the trust is built in my parenting in my in my self-parenting so at the age of six I ran away from home for the first time um I realized now that was me protecting me um that was actually me actually taking taking the bull by the horn saying I'm not I I I I don't want to go back there anymore I yeah it wasn't a just I don't want to it was an um it was I don't I can't I can't go back there um the, they found me and picked me up and took me back there <laughs> um during that period the net my next memories are of uh of school and I think those memories I have because um that was the, uh, school was always with the exception of the first year where my mother left me behind um uh where it felt like um my you know it, it was kindergarten and my I fe felt like my mother was leaving me behind um and I remember running across the schoolyard um and uh hitting the fence and her walking away and uh there was a part of me that knew that my mother loved me and that uh she didn't want anything bad for me but I was just terrified to be without her and um why I remember that memory I don't know except that maybe it um what I learned in that moment anyway was that um maybe I can't rely on her either this work is pretty amazing because it kind of happens um as it does you don't get to decide when it happens right you don't get to decide when the emotion uh, when you get to when you connect with the with the with the memories and the situation the incidents um after that I have a lot of positive memories in school actually um every teacher that I had up until about the fifth actually up until the fifth grade and after the fifth grade actually um just I was I was a teacher's pet I I I I I thrived in the attention that they gave me and the structure and the um 
you know, it was love. It was the one place where I got love that felt to me. Um, I, I don't really know <laughs> that it was this, but it felt unconditional. It felt to me like they only had one thing in mind for me. Uh, they only had one interest, and that was to uh, to teach me, to give me, to give me structure. Um, and uh, so I'll rem I remember all of my <laughs> all of my school age uh, teachers' names. Um, um, up until uh, the fifth grade and the fifth grade, um, I had a teacher that was, uh, this is new for me in my memory. I, I had forgotten about him, which is interesting because throughout up until um, high school, I remembered every single teacher I had. But this one fifth grade teacher, I just know reminded me of my father. And I don't know what he did or said, um, but uh, what he did, well, it was certainly shaming it was um it was uh you're not good enough it, and it was you're not worth um my time and attention and um that was jarring for me but one of the something that happened in my household during this period is uh is is really uh i i'm very curious i have become very curious about this about my childhood I become very curious about these parts of me that have been injured um, and that have and these parts of me that were actually really strong at certain points. And um, right after this, this Mr. Garcia uh, 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 character, fifth grade teacher, um, I had found some strength in me. And I think it was directly related to a situation and I think I'll, I'll warn um, that this might be triggering for some people, but um, um, there was an event at the house, at my house, um, and uh, my father had turned off, my, he wanted the checkbook, right? He was constantly disappearing to, to, to wherever, to, to spend days with whoever um, and be away from the home. And um, my, like I said, my mother was the bookkeeper of the business, and so she would hide the checkbook and this one time he came in I, I think he must have been on drugs he didn't do drugs but I think he must have been on drugs because his behavior was really 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 outrageous and really quite I, I saw the devil I saw the devil in the man and he uh he turned off the power in the entire he just cut all of the electrical power in the whole house he was terrorizing and so my by this time all the older siblings had left and my my younger brother and I and my mom were all huddled up on top on my bunk bed and uh and I pretty much I, I and he started bashing the windows throughout the house and it was just it was just a, just 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 victimizing us and in that moment I knew that um I knew that it, the end might be might be here I, I thought I thought this this would probably be the end and uh um when that uh happened the um uh i don't know i don't remember all the details but i <laughs> i left my body um i know that i i had some sort of a spiritual experience some people might call it psychosis i, I believe it today to be a, a spiritual experience i was connected to something bigger than me um where i found some solace um and uh and so i was down i was hovered I, I just felt like i was hovered over us and looking down 
at the family and and my my brother and my mom and uh I don't know what to, how to describe it, except that I felt like I was going to be okay. And again, I think I was just prepared to die. Um, shortly after that, um, I uh, my father hadn't gotten better. In fact, he got worse. Um, and uh, he had decided to... Uh, the, the, the electrical power had been fixed because... Um, by the time this next event happened, there was power in the house again. And uh, um, I had decided at 13 years old. So this happened, you know, about 10, 12, this experience, a spiritual experience. And at 13, I felt empowered enough to uh, leave. And I walked out and I said, I'm never coming back here. And I, you know, I had choice words for them. And, um, and, uh, and my mother followed me. And during the first trip out of the house where she packed things up into the car that she was going to move the, her our entire life <laughs> in a small car, um, uh, we drove away. And I, I've said this before when I tell my story because it's 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 pivotal. Um, I, uh, we heard an explosion right behind us and through the rear view mirror, we saw the house go up in flames. And my father... I think he knew that we weren't coming back. I, I think he knew, and uh, and he just decided to burn the place down. I, I don't know if it was spite. You know, if if I can't have you, you're not having this. Um, uh, you're not having anything. Uh, but we started all over again. Um, all over again. My mother had no work skills, and so she uh, went off to. Uh, we went off to. A nearby town um salvation army got us a place we had no money um we started off on welfare um and uh and uh quick her and i quickly got jobs <laughs> and started and started supporting our little family um and from that time forward i was a, i was a provider i became uh, you know the uh the surrogate husband and uh um i think a lot of the resentment comes from that too you know i didn't have um i didn't have my life i didn't have the childhood life i didn't know so when i was excited about the day today you know and i went out about my day um that's where the excitement comes from is that i i now get to treat myself to the light to the child life the childhood life that i didn't have and you know it it has to be somewhat adult <laughs> because I'm an adult now, but there is some excitement that I get to have today, and I won't go into all that. But anyway, so the um my uh, apps, I don't know. I lied my way to through jobs to get jobs. Right? I, I, I there was no choice. That there, there, I didn't know that there was the option to do anything different. I just thought that I that was what I had to do. And so we, I, I, I lied about my age. My mom lied about my age so that I'd get jobs. And I eventually um, uh, uh, became an alcoholic. And by 17, I, was a, I, I myself was a full-fledged alcoholic. And I have to say that I didn't understand this because I, in the other program that I belonged to, I didn't relate to a lot. Of, and I still don't relate to a lot of the stories that I hear there because the, uh, the anyway, my story was this. Um, I hated my alcoholic life. 
I, I, I love the effect produced by alcohol, but I hated the life that I had almost instantaneously. Um, and so when I got sober young in my 20s, early 20s, um, it was it was because I it was either that or I was I felt I was going to die because I could not function a drinking. I could not function a drinking person. Um, and so. Uh, and so I jump around a bit because the third my you know, my teenage years were a lot of, you know, a lot of narcissistic uh, sort of self-involved behavior where I was kind of, you know, I was definitely helping mom out, but I wasn't necessarily um I hadn't, I hadn't, I couldn't be proud of what I was doing because of who I had become. And, um, and I, I, I know today it was my AC issues that got me sober. It was because of this, the, 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 what my over, my overdeveloped sense of responsibility. <laughs> I could not live that life effectively and be, and be, and be okay with myself. And so I got sober and, and, and I'd spent a long time in that. I'd spent a long time in that program, but I also, the you know the the solution in that program is to develop a relationship with a higher power that's going to solve your problem and i i invested all of my time pretty much toward that effort i worked on a relationship with with my god and i had i i, I have to say I, I i i feel very grateful for the type of sponsorship that i've had because it has not been a dogmatic uh, sponsorship it's been one that's uh pretty much stuck to principles rather than um rather than uh a lot of the other stuff that i that i hear um and and that relationship that i have with my higher power is, is what got me here today so um and so i'm grateful for that um that said i wanted that program to take care of all my problems and uh, I did. I was not willing or open to take care of any of the other issues, but especially the, the issues that make me an ACA. Um, I, uh, I, I I saw a therapist from time to time when there was a crisis or an issue, but it was it had minimal effect. It took, got me through a crisis, but it didn't have any lasting. Like there was no real change in my life. So I ended up having a relapse at seventeen years, and and. Uh, and that near that dis, that did destroy me. <laughs> that it, it wasn't nearly it. It did destroy me. It took everything um, that I had, everything that I'd built um, o over the period that I'd been sober. It was gone in a year's time, and I had to rebuild all over again. So it was a different level of commitment to that program. That again, that got me here. So um, at about eighteen months sober, it was right before the pandemic. Um, if the numbers don't add up here, it's because I'd had a, a shorter period of sobriety, uh, about five years, where um, and then I had a very short relapse, and then I and then that seventeen years. But I've spent most of my adult life without any sort of mind-altering substances, so I can't blame mind-altering substances for the life that I the life that I developed. Right? This is this was largely me being ineffective. You know, I'm going to read this real quick. Welcome to anybody that's new, by the way, and coming back. I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I want to welcome. But the, in the big red book on uh, Roman numeral seven, it, it describes the adult child as, as such. An adult child is someone who responds to adult situations with self-doubt, self-blame, or a sense of being wrong or inferior, all learned from stages in child of childhood. Without help, we unknowingly operate with ineffective thoughts and judgments as adults. The regression can be subtle, 
but is it is there sabotaging our decisions sabotaging our decisions in our relationships and i so identify with that description of the adult child because that's the adult that's the life that i lived and from all appearances it seemed like i was doing everything right i mean i and if you i guess if you looked at my cv i don't know if you watched me maybe you'd say different but if you looked at my cv on paper it seemed i was doing it you know i was stacking degrees i was you know moving up whatever in my in my career and and again you know so much of my identity was so wrapped around what i did and what i produced in the world that was one of the things that was most significant about that relapse and, and um was that i i couldn't function and i had pretty high level responsibility jobs up until then and i could not even I could not even write a sentence. I was writing as part of my work. I actually had to copy old academic writing that I had done just to reinforce the idea that I could once do this and I couldn't do it anymore. And uh, so all of that was gone. So that because that identity was gone, I had nothing to reach for anymore. And in many ways, I had to start all over again. Like I was an empty. I, I felt like a hollow person and um at 18 months of sobriety there I um I started to have the pandemic had started I I worked in disaster work before I um I started to have panic attacks um like real panic attacks and um it, it, uh, there was a lot of mental health stuff that happened around the relapse that was that was huge i actually had psychiatric help i i was admitted to a psychiatric hospital it was just it was just horrible but uh but once that was kind of that had dissipated and i started to get better i started to have these panic attacks that were just um um paralyzed and i started to uh have uh outbursts at work um once again i had just gotten myself back into a place to where i could be uh, content with who i was at work and um and i couldn't function there anymore and i started getting in trouble um and i i noticed that my behavior was that of a child i i couldn't i couldn't deny it i couldn't i couldn't deny it and so uh and i noticed the panic attacks is what really got me to get help and i saw this is this is these are this is ptsd that i'm having here and i was i was reacting to stuff that was happening in the world around the pandemic but it wasn't actually happening here we didn't have nearly the consequences of the pandemic that a lot of the world did um and i i, I knew that i knew that i was being honest with myself it's not happening in front of me why am i reacting this way so in that help um i started to do and i'll just say i i did emdr work it's not a promotion it, it really helped me to be able to i actually grieved a lot during that period and it was really um it was instrumental in helping me uh sort of change my mind about what might be um what might be how i may care for myself later um, i did i wasn't i didn't buy it fully at the time but now i see it was the early touch it was the stepping stones to to what gotten me to fully buy into what we do here now um and what it, it wasn't talk therapy, although there was some talking. It was it was something different. It was me getting in touch with some with a part of me that was hurting deep down inside that I uh, that I that I had not accessed in decades. And uh, 
and uh and this all happened like virtually right because we were in the pandemic nobody was in person with anything and uh that was pretty that was pretty shocking to me too i was like wow how could this happen i once spent you know you know 50 minutes or so sobbing just sobbing um in front of my computer with this person on the you know this professional on the other side and I didn't know where it came from and I couldn't I, I couldn't even have said that I I'd had that memory that I was associating this grief process with for a very long time but I couldn't um I I couldn't have told you that there was so much in that um but what happened as a result of that is after the that was probably one of the biggest pivotal po points in in my recovery here is that it actually got me to open up and something shifted inside of me I, I can't explain it. I can't explain what it was. I, I, it is my view that the, this trauma work, the, the, the professional trauma work, how we share and how we um, recognize and acknowledge one another and witness one another, one another's pain, one another's joy, um, is spiritual. I don't know how better to describe it. It isn't, it isn't although it's therapeutic, it isn't therapy. Um, there's something spiritual that happens. I I get to the core of who I am in this work, and I'm talking in kind of in I'm, I'm talking about different pieces. All of this is an ACA work, but it all stems from here. So what happened during that period was at some point I ended up in an ACA meeting. I don't remember how. I don't remember who suggested it. it wasn't the therapist. <laughs> I, somebody suggested that I, somehow I ended up in an ACA meeting. I think I may have. I was listening to a book on narcissism, I think, an audio book, and I think I maybe Googled it and then ACA came up. I don't know. I came here. Um, it says in the, you know, it says in our literature in the intro, uh, if six meetings um, uh, come to six meetings <laughs> says, before you decide whether or not this is for you, I'm totally paraphrasing here. Uh, come to six meetings before you decide or, or or what have you i had i needed a lot more than six meetings to be convinced that i that i belonged here um so if it's more than six meetings as long as there's a calling here i i i i i would strongly uh suggest that you please keep coming um no one's going to make you do anything here um and so and i'm grateful for that because uh it took me a long time to sit through a whole meeting and uh it took me a long time to uh to fully embrace it. Like I said, it probably nine months before I fully embraced what was going on here. Adam, that that's 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Thank you. I'm going to tie myself from here. Thank you so much. Um, which is kind of uh which is kind of uh perfect because I want to talk about solution, although I've kind of woven it in. Um I uh I had to find my niche. Um I had to find a place. I, one thing that I learned early on is that I um, I am not taking this tender part of me to a place that isn't fully going to respect it. Um, so I've had to find the places that are going to do that. Um, and definitely I've found them in ACA. Not, I, I'm not one of these people that says that every 12-step meeting is a good good meeting. I'm sure every 12-step meeting is a good meeting for somebody but not for me. I, I have to, I, even in the other program, I have to find the, the, the meetings that are effective for me. So as, as such here, um, so when, if something's unsafe, um, it isn't that it's bad, it's just not right for me. 
Um, and so, and I find another place, right? Another, find another meeting. Well, something that's been really helpful for me was going through the steps in a small private group. Um, what I finally, uh, when that went, when that was over, which was early this year, um, I, uh, let's just say it, it was, it was a, another turning point, another major turning point. I had gone through the, I, I went through the, 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 I'm sorry, the, um, the laundry list workbook first, and then I did the steps. Um, I, I, that was the perfect order for me because I really needed to find my identification in ACA. I, and, and that laundry list workbook is what did it for me. And that's actually what, um, what helped me put two feet in ACA and then and then commit to a group of a small group a small private group to get through the steps. We got through the steps, and I um and at first it was really wonderful. Um, I loved the love. It was a group of, of of men, um, and uh, I loved and I still do. Um, but there was a point where I was I was thinking, is this all there is? And of course, it isn't because our solution in ACA is to become your own loving parent. And that's, in many ways, that's kind of where it starts, um, is what I've discovered. But it doesn't, right? The start, like I said, I mean, I've just told my whole story and it started long ago. Um, where I get to start to have some real um, I said this in a meeting, in an in-person meeting the other day. And it was just true for me. And I realized that um, I've, I've, I've reached a different place in my life as a result of this work. Um, I, 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 somebody asked me how I was. And I said, I said, I'm golden. I, 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 I fully acknowledge and recognize all of my problems, my issues. And I have workable solutions for all of them. And that, that is, that ACA sealed the deal for me. Um, I do a lot of work, uh, professional. Well, I shouldn't say a lot. Um, I, I do, you know, fifty percent of my work that is that is that is that is the self-parenting is is actually out of a professional modality. Um, I, I, I think that it not only does it lend itself to to you know to professional work much more than my other program in my my in my view. I, I think the literature clearly states it. <laughs> gives us clear direction around that. So um, um, I, so uh, I'll just talk a little bit about my, um, in the last few minutes here, um, about my um, my process. So, um, you know, in the beginning, uh, there were target ages, right? There was, a, there was a six-year-old that I would speak to as the inner child. There was a 13-year-old that I would address in, as, a, as, as, the, as, you know, the, the teen. And the critical parent one is one that I, I, I actually struggled with, but I used the terminology. And I, I found a modality that frames it all a bit differently, and, and it works wonderfully for me. Um, it, it isn't, it, it's, it's, I think it's all, this, it's all quite similar. It's just the way that the framing is just works better for me. I look at this inner family of mine in, in, in bigger terms, more in broader terms, in, in more... Um, general uh it, there's an age range in which this development issue was going on it wasn't at a particular age and it isn't always tied to one event anymore 
be mostly because other events are coming to mind for me. So I'm remembering other events, not only mentally and by memory, but emotionally. Like that 10-year-old kid that felt empowered in the middle of one of the one of the most life-threatening situations in my life, that 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 kid has been a pillar for me throughout my life. And during my healthier years, because they weren't all horrible. Um, during my healthier years, I know I reached for that part of me um, that um, to give me strength that I needed to, 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 to get through whatever the bigger hurdle was, you know, in life. Um, so, uh, and the other thing is not tying it to a specific age. Something that's been really helpful for me is it's helped me to uh, the, the parenting and who I'm addressing and how I'm addressing those parts of me. It's um, it, it's really helped me to remain curious um, and open-minded about the, there's so much of my mem- my childhood I don't remember. And that's starting to come to me because I'm creating a, because this modalities helps me to create an opening to those parts. Um, and then uh maybe i don't know if i'm going to articulate this well or not but just for for a very specific um situation that happened yesterday i can identify i could identify that what i was the struggling with was the lack of structure the the sheer what what seemed to me because this because my critical parents very very closely tied to i have i feel like i have um uh um there's so in the modality I use, there's protector, and then there's the the person that that is the that is um the 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 person that is that is injured. Um, so the critical parent is often the the, the protector, and then the the person that's the part of me that's injured in that group or in that part of in that part of me is is the one that feels hurt and injured and 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 and, and weak and vulnerable, right? And so addressing the the the, the protector in me in what whatever the development period was is actually really critical in order to get to the vulnerable uh, in fact i can't get to the vulnerable <laughs> unless i address the protector first and so the protector in me yesterday was um trying to uh trying um was wanting to fix it all i i, I wanted everyone to get on cue get you know get in their role and do it do it exactly this way and that way and the truth is is um nobody was trying to do anything wrong but my reaction to them was 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 harsh and and uh and where i was able to actually stand back and say um wait a minute they're doing they're doing what they know to do um, and if they they just don't have all the they don't they honestly they just didn't have all the instructions. I have more experience than most of the people that I was working with yesterday, and it, 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 they didn't have all the directions, right? They didn't. And how many times have I been in that place where I didn't have all the directions, and I was winging it, and I was and I was so there there was that part of me, but then I, I kept wanting to come out, kept wanting to come in and correct, and kept wanting to come in and correct, and. You know, even in my mind, when I've jumped back into it today, um, I, there's this very cutting, sharp part of me that wants to um, wants to cut it, cut people down, and um, and uh, and address it. So, what I the parenting, where the parenting, the loving parenting comes in, is um, recognizing, oh, you're afraid. 
you're, you're afraid. That's, that's, that's what's happening here. You're scared. And the only way to actually get anybody's attention um, in my household growing up, and after that, actually, what I learned very well after that was to um, was to uh, come out swinging. It was survival. And the reason I like this reading is because it, it's that last sentence says, the regression can be subtle, but it is there sabotaging our, it's there sabotaging our decisions and relationships. So this kid comes out in my 54-year-old life. And I'm not saying that in a, in a, in a dogmatic, like, harmful way. This is just a part that still lives inside of me, that just needs healing, that just needs attention, that just needs, I need to first be honest and acknowledge that this is where it's coming from, this is what it is. And today I've got a solution for it. And I actually get to say, I've got this, right? The, there's an adult that I actually have <laughs> access to that um that um that uh that can say i've got this and i've got this whole thing that i do if i'd be happy to share more of the details around uh, the, the modality i use i, I just don't want to be promoting anything because there's a lot out there that, that all of us have access to and very it's very easily accessible um and i'd like to uh, i'd be happy to share the, any of those details with other people but there's a whole system in place that i've got now where i can rest I can let the kids rest. I can let them let them know that hey, oh, I, I've got this. I'm going to take care of it. Um, and uh, and you don't have to come out, come after people, uh, because you know you don't like yourself after you've done that. <laughs> um, and it's kind of the way that I've lived my life, right? Um, and uh, I'm really grateful to be here. This is the end of my my talk. Uh, thank you so much, Gretchen. Uh, thank you, everyone who's doing service. Thank you, Renee. Thank you, everyone for listening. Um, I. Uh, I do hope that I've offered some uh, experience, strength, but hope, because um, what I feel like I carry now is um, I, 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 I can genuinely be proud of the fact that I feel like I carry a message of hope um, where I, I didn't. You know, I, I, I just struggled for so many years. Um, not all figured out. I've just got I've got a solution today. And I'm grateful for that. Thank you very much.